Hey friends, welcome to the From Busy to Rich podcast. This is Andy Traub. Uh, this podcast is designed to help advisors like you increase your profitability and your quality of life, but not just for yourself, for every person you come into contact with. Today, we're going to talk about a destination that most people have heard about, many people have thought about, and yet somehow when they get there, uh, they can find themselves lost. And so, Wes, welcome to today's show. Thank you for being here as always. Thanks, Andy. And Justin, good to see you as well. Thanks for being here. Yeah, it's great to be here, Andy. So Wes, what is this destination that we are so uh, elusively referencing without saying? Yes. Well, I'd, I'd like to set it up with with a story. Um, and this, this happened, gosh, 30 years ago, Andy, when I was uh, one. Uh, no, I didn't. <laughs> I was I, I, 30 years ago. I'm 45. Nobody yes. wants to be 31, man. I was You're 15. So 15, okay. I was 15 years old and I, and we lived in Odessa, Texas. That's far West Texas. For those of you who don't know that. And, um, I love to fish and hunt. And, uh, the thing is when you live in Odessa and you decide one day you want to go fishing, you don't have a lot of options. In fact, if you want to go to a lake, you're going to drive, you're going to drive probably three, three and a half hours to get to any kind of lake worth fishing in. So I was 15, I really wanted to go fish. And at the time, even though I had a driver's license, that's a whole nother topic for a podcast. You can have a driver's license at 15 when you know the right rules to, to apply to, to that. Um, my mom was not super keen on me driving three and a half hours to go fish at 15. So I recruited my sister and her boyfriend and we loaded up in my mom's red Ford probe back in the Ford probe days. And, uh, and we headed out to, to Big Lake, Texas. Because outside of Big Lake, Texas was a big lake called Big Lake. So aptly named. And uh, and we were armed with the latest in GPS technology, which was an atlas from State Farm Insurance Company. Absolutely. Um, you know, and I, I feel like some, people need some context on that because no one knows what an atlas is at past a certain uh, age because you don't really need to anymore. Yeah, it's an, I would say it's like an 11 by 17 book. Yeah. Alphabetized by state often, you know, instead of. You know, and you got Alabama and, you know, Arkansas and then towards the back, you got Texas and you just op- open that bad boy up and you chart a course. Uh, yeah. I did not okay. have live, uh, you know, uh, updates on road conditions. Yeah. Uh, but you could find stuff. You couldn't zoom in. You could not, you could not pinch your way yeah, in. You pull it closer to your face. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that was it. And the, and the, uh, the great thing is Texas took up like three pages because it's such a big state. Yeah, Texas, so. Texas usually got an extra page. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So don't be jealous. I hear your jealousy in your in your in your voice. I was like, that's just a Texas thing to say. Oh, you got three extra page around this. Yeah. Okay. All right. So anyway, so State Farm Atlas, and so we we figured out it's about three hours outside from from Odessa. We get to Big Lake, take the the right outside of town that was going to take us to where the lake was. And you know you you know how when you're almost to a place that you have had just like you're excited, you're you got this eager anticipation that's building. And we started getting into the place where we, we had to be within like three miles of the lake. Again, it, it wasn't a countdown like it is on our iPhone. You're just kind of guessing using the little scale instruments that are on there. But we were really close. And, and so we started going over these horizons and expecting this glistening lake to be on the other side. And, and it wouldn't be there. And then we do it again and it wouldn't be there until pretty soon when we're like 15, 20 minutes past where this lake should be. Our anticipation turned into frustration because we figured out we are lost. And so I looked at my sister's boyfriend at the time and, and, and we, we both knew we were lost and we did what two guys do when you know you're lost. We drove around for another 45 minutes trying to find the lake, you know, 
made ourselves our way back in the town of Big Lake where he went and asked for directions from the gas station attendant, comes out, says something none of us would have expected. He says, it doesn't exist. And we said, what? What do you mean it doesn't exist? He said, the lake, it does not exist. I said, it's right here on the Atlas. He said, apparently the Atlas is old because they said that lake dried up about 10 years ago. We've been looking for a destination that does not exist. And, and, and I, it was not funny at the time, but now it is funny. And I love, I love thinking about it and telling it. But the, the, the lesson in there is really true. It's like, it is very frustrating spending time, energy, money, effort, getting to a place that does not exist. And I believe the word that we're going to use today is, is how most people think about what they would consider the destination of retirement, of retirement. And because we are a podcast to financial advisors, we all spend a lot of time helping people. Now, we don't usually call it retirement. We say we want to help them make and keep work optional. But, but retirement, I don't care if you want to use the word retirement, that's fine. But I think we've got to do a really good job setting our clients up well when they do get to this place where work has become optional. They've built enough economic value outside of themselves to where they will get, they will have enough money, enough income to support their outgo, whether they're trading time for money or not. I think it's not enough to just prepare them financially for that, but we really need to spend some time preparing them to live a rich life on the other side of what that might be a temporary finish line before their next race starts. Um, I say it like this, Andy, I think we got to help people retire to something instead of from something. I think when you retire to instead of from, it keeps your life fun. And so I'd like to spend the rest of our time on the podcast kind of unpacking all that. And we know this from years and years of experience and research that when you have a purpose to move towards, your life goes on further. Right? There are people who literally give up the will to live. And I yes. think that some for some people, that's called retirement. I mean, it's literally they just don't. And again, I'm not saying you have to be active and, and do you know as much as you used to do. But I, I would say that for your own well-being, you need to have something you're moving towards versus just yeah. running away from. Yeah, you know, there's a there's a great quote I heard um, from a book. Tony Tony Hickson wrote an incredible book called uh, Retirement Stepping Stones, and he's got a great story. If you've not heard his story, but um, one of the things he said is you can have enough financial capacity to go to sleep at night, but not enough purpose to get up in the morning. And, and, and I think you can look at the stats. You can look at some of the terrible stories that happen. And, and I think retirement can, can be that for some people if they're not careful. Um, and so I, I think it does go back to this thing though, Andy. I think it goes back to this thing that we, you, we, we've talked about this on the show many times because I think it's just so pivotal to human enjoyment and existence. Um, and it's how we're wired is this idea of the gap that all of us have this gap. We have a gap between where we are and where we want to be. And, and what we see today, what could be tomorrow, and no matter how hard you work, how much you accomplish, how much success you have, the gap between where you are and where you want to be, it never goes away. It just moves. And, and that's not a bad thing. Um, you know, it's not like life has to be an endless set of problems that, that uh, never get solved, constantly solved. The gap actually can be an exciting adventure that continually is pursued. And you can have milestones along the way and celebrations along the way and have contentment about where you are on your way to where you're going. But in its healthiest form, the gap is like that thing that gives you the ability to dream. It gives you the ability to make the world better than it is, more beautiful than it is. 
It's where faith lives. You know, faith is the substance of things we hope for, the evidence of things we've not yet seen. So the gap in its healthiest sense is really useful. Where I think it gets clunky, and then we'll bring this phone back to retirement, is uh, as we've described before, it's really easy to get unhealthy in our gap. And either uh, the old Chuck Swindell quote that you had brought up uh, many, many sessions ago, we might burn out or rust out when it comes to the gap if we're not careful. Like you, you can burn out because you're so focused on the future that you're not really taking the time to be grateful for where you are on your way to where you're going. Uh, so that's not, that's not good. That's not healthy. That's not a, a life that's, that's rich. Or you can rust out. You live on the other side of that where your memories exceed your dreams. And, and Andy Stanley is a great quote. When your memories exceed your dreams, the end is near. Because uh, you weren't designed to go passive in life. You were designed to make life beautiful. Now, that, that can take on all kinds of different forms. And it doesn't mean you continue to die at your desk. Certainly not what we're advocating, unless that's part of your purpose where you get to apply your unique ability once you have made it work optional. But but when it comes to this idea of retirement, I, I just think it's so fun to talk about how to keep the gap healthy so that you can live a rich life when work has become optional. Because And we only do that when we can retire to instead of from. And, you know, we, we everybody, usually the grind of work, they get so excited about, it. I get to leave that behind, you know, or all the responsibilities, all the things that, I had to wake up early in the morning to go deal with and the problems that popped up. Because any any role, I don't care what you do and how much you enjoy your work, is is lag. I mean, there there are there are things that are gonna happen that you were like, oh man, I wish I had to deal with that today. But it's it's just it's just a reality. So I I think what what well, it's kind of like the, the we we build this illusion in our mind that can't wait till I'm on that permanent vacation. Mm-hmm. Because you know, when we're working. Think about that. It, vacations are fun, aren't they? That you anticipate them, you know, you get excited about them. And a little bit of that is because for at least a little while, you don't have the same demands on your time. Um, now you still, you know, you keep <laughs> still needing to manage things while you're on vacation and stuff like that, but, but it's different. It's, it's just kind of a, a rest from the normal, uh, everyday things of life, but they're fun because they're not permanent. You can only play so much golf. Yeah, you, you can only sit on the beach so long that without adding value to the world, creating beauty in the world, it, it becomes an existence that it's just it's just it's not as fun as what we might imagine in our minds. It's a destination that doesn't exist. And I would submit, I think that there are people. I don't mean this in a sarcastic way at all. That like, no, I can play a lot of golf, Wes. Like I really can. <laughs> and the interesting thing about that is, I think they can because. Every shot, you don't know what's going to happen. You can play the same hole 20 times and it's going to be different 20 different times. But I think the question to ask yourself is, you know, is that the kind of variety you want? Yeah. And some people, yes. And other people, it's like, no, I have, I still have some things I want to do. And that might be, I want to have my grandkids come hang out with me for a month every year. You know, I want to go hang out with my grandkids for a month every year, you know, wherever they are. And I've got, you know, three different sets of grandparents, grandkids. So that's three months. I mean, it's, that's, that's a destination, right? Yeah. That, that's, that's having something to go forward, forwards to and look forward to. Tell me in the context of this conversation, is your goal to have advisors shift how they talk about retirement with their clients? Or is it just to make sure that they're working with clients who think like this? Because I can imagine it's hard to convert people to this kind of thinking. Yeah, I think it's so critical to just build build this uh, 
this thought pattern into the conversation uh, that mm-hmm. they're having with all the clients that they're serving. Because for the most part, I mean, if they're working with us, a, a, a financial objective in their story is they'd like to make work optional and keep it that way once it already is. Now, again, we work with tons of business owners that they work in their businesses and grow new ones long after work is optional um, because it's what they like to do. It's, it's, it's a joy for them. Uh, we work with ex- executives that work long after work is optional. We also work with plenty of people that decide they want to change up the rhythm of their life. What I'm, what I'm uh, really asking for everybody to consider is, is go further than just saying, hey, you have the economic ability to where work is now optional, to where you can retire because they can have the economic ability, but not have the emotional capacity to retire well. And what I, what my contention is, is that how do we build in advance of retirement, the emotional capacity in people to where they do it and they enjoy it and they're prepared for it, not just economically, but emotionally and socially. Let me take a shot at why I think advisors should care about this. And for those who have any internal resistance to it, I wonder, it's an open question and you can tell me if I'm wrong and Justin, feel free to chime in. I wonder who else is going to have this conversation with them. And that would necessitate, you need to have it because if you don't, it's just, just not, and, and certainly not in a directive way. People might say, what are you going to do? But very few people are going to say, are you sure? Right. Is that, is that really, yeah. is that really what your vision? And they're usually going to have that conversation when it's too late, meaning like it's right before retirement and sort of like, what are you doing? And, and that's going to happen by default instead of on purpose. Justin, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think it's it's interesting because if you speak to a lot of advisors, they'll talk a lot about the economic targets, right, for somebody in retirement. But unless it's tied to a story, it's a it's not exciting. It's it's likely to come into like constant revision and changes because people aren't wanting to move forward on certain things because it's it's not a priority because it's not necessarily at that moment adding to any value in the story that they're in, at least at that moment or anything that they want to work towards. And it's hard to, for me, when I'm working with somebody, going back to your point of, of do we try to identify people that have this mindset or convert it from the get go? This is how we're positioning ourselves of like, this is how we approach the business. And it's amazing that even people that aren't necessarily thinking that way, that over time we'll start to adapt it. And we find that those clients to move very well. And it, it's much more enjoyable throughout the process for us and for them. Is again, we're always circling back to why are we doing this? Like, what's the important? Where are we going? And in light of where we're going, what are the steps that we need to take to get there? So that's not just something that, oh, once I retire, assuming that you get, you know, 40 more years of life to get there. But it's not just once I get there, I've got this thing that I can do and then I can enjoy life. It's how do we build that throughout your, the story that you're in throughout your life? So that we're constantly moving in that direction, not just all of a sudden trying to make a switch later in life. Yeah. Wes, question. Um, kind of piggybacking on Justin's, he's talking about having a greater story to talk about. How much, um, and one of the greatest fears an advisor would have is the phone call where it's just like, hey, Wes, how you doing? Oh, great. Great to hear from you, Mike. How you been? Good, good, good. Hey, Wes, we're moving all of our money. <laughs> oh, Okay. Why? And by then it's too late, right? You're not, you know, you're not going to talk them out of it generally, right? How much, how important is this idea to keeping them from doing that? Because you're part of the, a story versus 
no, Wes is just numbers and someone else said they could do better numbers and I'm all about the numbers. Yeah, if our, if our win is to help people increase their profitability and their quality of life, a big part of that is to, to help them think about what does a rich life look like to you? Um, because most of the time, it, it's people do life by default rather than by design. And so unless we're taking the time to, to design a future, which we are unique in our capacity to be able to do that, that we think would be wonderful. And it's okay to be wrong because you can switch it if, if you get there and it's like, this isn't exactly what I thought, which is a very, very common statistical response once someone has gotten to the place where work is optional and they make and they no longer go to that normal place they were before and they're, you know, doing the activities that, um, you know, they're, they're, it's kind of permanent vacation activities that all of a sudden they're like, this isn't what I thought. And so we just want them to ask that question in advance of that. And like, kind of like Justin alluded to, we want them to live a rich life now on this side of work being optional. And so when they get there, it, it, it just transitions into a different season, a different phase, maybe a different focus, but it's, it's, it's constantly saying, what is it? What does a beautiful life look like now? Because one thing I can tell you for sure is that it evolves. It changes as you go through different seasons and, and, and opportunities in life. So Wes, land the plane for us. Like, what is the, what is the actual thing that advisors need to do if they're like, you know, Wes, I haven't, I haven't been doing this. Yeah, I'm sort of neglecting this, and and I, I don't want to insert it into my my rhythm with clients. Yeah. I I think it's super. There's a couple simple things you can do. One is when you're with clients, ask them the question. Like, get all the data, get all the information, talk about the things you would normally talk about uh, about financially being able to retire. But then, but then all I always like to pause the question. What? So, what's a rich life look like to you for the next three years? Like, like as you're navigating your business, as you're doing this. And then what, what do you think a rich life is going to look like for you when work has become optional? Because they get real excited when they see that, hey, this many more years, this many more years, and work's optional based on what you want to do. But what, what's a rich life look like for you? I, I love that word, um, that, that, that language. You know, what does your rich life look like to you? You know, Ramit Sethi has the, the podcast that he talks about, I will teach you to be rich. And he asks that question all the time. And I think it's such a useful question on the emotional side of helping clients live the kind of life they're capable of living with joy and abundance and fullness. Um, other little things I would always say it, it, for those that'll do it. Um, again, I think as advisors, this is a, a critical thing for you to do personally, but you got to have an exciting vision and a grateful condition. Okay. Cause it, whether you are this side of work being optional or the other side of work being optional, uh, an exciting vision and grateful condition is what gives you the energy and capacity to enjoy the journey, whatever stage of the journey you're on. Because until you're off the planet, we're, we are journeying, right? We are, and then, and then there's a whole other conversation we can have after. But the, the, uh, exciting vision, grateful condition, here to talk about this is just really easy. It's as simple as saying, Hey, I want to enjoy where I am on the way to where I'm going. So to do that, I need to count my blessings. Right. All of us could, we could make a list of things right now that are in our lives that we once prayed for or we once had as a desire for. Uh, and, and so taking the time to regularly acknowledge that, acknowledge the good that's beyond your doing, that's, that's, that you're excited about, that you celebrate today is really important. And then also having that exciting vision. Where are you going to go? What are the things you want to create and make life beautiful and, and abundant? Um, and, and what, what does that mean to you? Carrying those two things at the same time. It helps you enjoy the process and not rust out or burn out. So those are the activities that I would say every morning you need to review your exciting vision, 
in your grateful condition. And it's not a bad idea to teach that to clients that, that you're worth, uh, worth there. We have a, a message that's, uh, really good. It's, it's actually made its rounds quite a bit that we'll link to the podcast called Enjoy the Journey. And, uh, that, that we talk in depth about that. So you can go, you can go deeper in that, uh, for those that, that would like to. And we'll have a white paper that is an article I wrote many years ago for a magazine called Creative Retirement. Uh, so those are a couple of free resources that you guys can, can check out. Awesome. Well, thank you for that, Wes. And I want to encourage everybody to check out all the show notes, uh, for wherever you're listening to this on, uh, you know, whether it's on the web or on your phone or through a, an app, look in the show notes for links to that. Uh, and also make sure you check out westyounglife.com. Uh, if there's any other trainings that you feel like you need to, uh, get caught up on, sharpen yourself through, uh, and as Wes always, thanks for your time. Thanks, Andy. 